Welcome to the Mom Village Podcast. We are three multicultural moms sharing our journey through motherhood with the Christ Center Foundation. For information and resources, visit us at our church's website at gofamilychurch.org. Or you can also email us at themomvillage at gofamilychurch.org. And please go over and follow us on Instagram at themomvillagefc. We're glad that you're here and welcome to our village. Well, good morning, Mom Village. It is so good to be here this morning. We have a special treat for you all this morning. Two very special guests in the studio, and um, I'm going to let you all introduce yourselves. Good morning, Mom Village. This is Kristen, and I have back with me today my husband, Jimmy. Hey, everybody. Uh, In the absence of Jesus Marie Ramos, (laughs) who's got a cold and can't come in, so we didn't give everybody COVID, I'm here. Yeah. Yay. Glad to have you, babe. Well, you know what, guys? I think we mentioned this a couple episodes ago that there is something really special coming out in April from Pastor Jimmy and Kristen. They are now official authors of a parenting book. So this morning, we're going to um, just kind of pick their brains and just get you all prepared to hit that order button on Amazon. Um, <laughs> I think the book is coming out next month, April. Yeah, April 20th. They can pre-order it now. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Yay. So, okay, guys. So tell us, what is the name of your book? What's the title? All right. So the title of the book's Full Circle Parenting. And it is a family church resource because at Family Church, we want to provide resources for the families in our church. And then we'd love to share them with others that can maybe make use of them. Full Circle Parenting just refers to the idea that it does kind of tie in the three circles Mm -hmm. uh, tool that we use to talk about the gospel and to talk about families and marriage especially. But it also is the full circle of, you know, you you were raised by parents, whatever that situation was. Now you raise your kids, whatever that situation is. And now our kids are raising kids. So this mm-hmm. idea that parenting comes full circle. So what inspired you all to write the book? What did you feel like? OK, we are equipped now to to write, to author a book. OK, well, that's the funny thing about it, Kira. We don't feel like we're <laughs> equipped now, but we wrote it anyway because uh, we were inspired by so many people who have poured into our lives, truly. Mm-hmm. The Kelly family being one of them, if, if we're honest, and just friends and mentors who are ages a- ahead of us. And we have been able to glean great wisdom from these people. And so we wanted to share that with others. But also the reason why we wrote it is because there are so many great Christian parenting books out there, but there's also a lot of information out there. Like we, we talked about on the, about the blogs that say Mm -hmm. 10 (laughs) steps to a happy child, five steps to an obedient kid. And what we have found over our 20 five years of parenting is there's no such list that actually works. And we wanted to kind of break from that and just encourage people to go back to God's design Mm -hmm. and that He has a good design for for our kids. And what we have figured out over this time is that good theology— leads to a good parenting strategy that helps us have good conversations with our kids. And that's really what so much of parenting is about, right? Mm -hmm. It's about conversations, millions of conversations (laughs) over years and years, some small and some big. But we wanted to give parents maybe like a roadmap, not, not a script, but a roadmap to maybe follow to think through these strategically think through these issues to help our kids navigate the world that they're living in and help them always be thinking about God's design for them. Wow. 
I can't wait. <laughs> um, was there anything that you all learned about yourself in this process of authoring this book? Well, one, one of the things, Kira, when um, people say, oh, you're authored a parenting book, it almost sounds arrogant because <laughs> oh, yeah. so many of our friends and even mentors say, I'll tell you one thing I will never write is a parenting book. Well, Kira knows better. <laughs> Kira knows all of our deep, dark secrets. Right. So well, no. Kira and Eric have been in deep with us for a long mm-hmm. time. But uh, one of the things that we're doing with this book, it's really not a parenting book that tells you how to do it. Mm-hmm. Because we don't think there's a way to do it. Because every family is so different. Every there, there are single people going to read this book. There are people with adopted families. There are blended families. There are foster families that are reading this book. And this book isn't a how-to. This book is more helping you think through a map of how to approach different conversations that are going to come. Some of these conversations, you as a mom or a dad, are going to engineer on purpose. You're going to set it up. You're going to have the conversation. And some of these are going to come from out of left field, seemingly, and you're just going to have to do it on the spot. And we just want to help parents really respond to be proactive and appropriately reactive when these conversations show up. So we're ready. That's good. Oh, I can't wait. What was your favorite chapter to write in this book? Oh, I I got to cheat and see that question ahead (laughs) of time. I tell you, I think for me, the way the book is written, we have a couple of like precursor chapters to set up the the whole thing. But then we have, we take several conversations that we know we're going to have with our kids. Okay. We have marriage and sexuality, alcohol and substance abuse, mm-hmm. friendship and mean kids. That, <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, there's several issues that we're working through. We talk about complexity and management, but I think my favorite chapter to write was uh, the friendship and mean kids. And because I got to kind of relive our kids' childhood in my mind, because we talk a lot about sibling relationships in that chapter. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Jimmy and I did a lot of things wrong in our parenting. But one of the things that we really feel good about is that we really majored on those sibling relationships. And so we talk about that in that chapter. We talk about some mean kids in that <laughs> chapter. Sometimes our kid was the mean kid. Uh, but that was probably my favorite one to write. Um, I got to talk about my dad a little bit in that chapter. And so that was just super special to me. What about you, what about you? Um I think my favorite one is the one on uh, bitterness and forgiveness because mm. – in my own heart, that's probably one of the biggest things that I have to be careful of because I have, I'm a I'm a natural grudge holder. You like those uh, <laughs> psalms that David writes yeah, about how gonna... psalms. I love those. <laughs> I like bumper stickers that say I don't get mad, I get even. Yeah. I, I like that. <laughs> but that's not really the gospel. That's mm-hmm. not the gospel working on me. That's my flesh. That's the devil working on me. And so, as a dad, as a husband, as a man in the world, I've got to learn how to forgive. And you know, I receive forgiveness from Jesus. I've got to pay that forward. And then it's it's really important to teach our children because, you know, Kristen, you and I worked in student ministry for many years, and we still interact with students all the time. And one of the things that I think young people really battle is this idea of bitterness. They get something that's happened to them. They have a someone's wronged them, or they have a perception of being wronged, and they just can't let it go. And it can actually sour their heart over many years. And I meet adults Mm-hmm. who are still dealing with bitterness that are our age in their 40s mm-hmm. and have really carried this burden of bitterness from the time they were middle schoolers or elementary kids. And just the idea that we can release that teaching our kids and having our kids prepared to receive forgiveness from the Lord, but also to forgive others. That is a tremendous gift. And I hope that parents are able to take that uh, to heart. Yeah. If I had a, a close runner up, I would say the chapter on marriage and sexuality, because really? I think that. <laughs> 
yeah. Here we go. Here I we got go. you, babe. I got you. Because those issues are so prevalent in, in our our yeah. society right now. And yeah. it seems daily the rules are changing in the world and just reminding us that really so many of these issues stem from what we think about that. Mm-hmm. And so that, that was fun as well. So what was the most difficult chapter, do you think, to write? Oh, gosh. I think the most difficult one is the one on technology because yeah. uh, managing technology is a big issue for parents from the time your kids are, you know, really preschool now mm-hmm. because, you know, wh- what are we going to get them? What what devices are we going to allow them to use? Yeah. Um, any device, literally any video game device, anything you have connects to the Internet, are we going to let them do that? Yeah. So I think managing technology is the is the most challenging chapter because that's the one where you – we say we don't have a silver bullet on anything and we don't, we don't have a formula for anything, but that's the one that's the most open-ended because technology is changing so fast. And yet I still think that there's a design, a general design in the scriptures that we can learn, that we can teach to our kids, that mm-hmm. we can take to our own hearts, that God does have a design for technology and we have to manage it well. Wow. Same, same exact thing. We, we it, it was That was a practical struggle, too, in the fact that you're trying to write it in such a way where it's not out of date next mm-hmm. month because yeah. technology mm-hmm. changes, changes so fast. So, so um, that was probably it for me, too. Wow. I'm just I'm listening to all the topics that you're kind of just giving us a precursor to. And I'm just like ready to dig in. So tell us, take us back a little bit. When did you two as a couple decide, OK, we think we want to we want to dig our heels into this. We want to author a book. Like, how did that all come about? Was it something that you all had been thinking about, praying through, um, you know, over the last 25 years? Have you been like kind of jotting down notes, you know, keeping a journal or, you know, how did it all come about? Uh, I would say that uh, we've probably been thinking about it for most of our married life mm-hmm. because we started having children right out of the gate. You know, we got married. And we had a child within, you know, 15 months. Okay. And, and, so you've been uh, in the game we, for a while. <laughs> yeah. And then we didn't, then we just kept having kids, you know, like, <laughs> like you and Eric. And so we just kept having kids. Well, we've been thinking very intensely about parenting all the time. We've read, I bet we've read more parenting books, listened to more parenting. Back then we were listening to cassette tapes, uh, <laughs> CDs, uh, podcasts. And we've had some great parenting models and mentors who just poured into us. And so we have been thinking about principles of parenting. And then I think because we have a lot of children, people think if you can birth a lot of children, you probably know how to raise them. them. So we've been asked to speak on parenting a lot, really before we should have. When we our kids were still very young, oh people gosh, were asking that's us. That's so true, Kira. I wish I could go back and be like, I'm so sorry I said it like that. Yeah, I wish I could go back and say no. Like, would y'all speak on parenting? Of course, we're dumb. We're like, oh, yeah, we know. Yeah, we have a 10-year-old. We yeah, pretty much we got it all. Yeah, we got it all oh figured out. And that was so arrogant no. and foolish. Like, I wish I would have never done that. Oh, I yeah, wish uh, If too. I could tell my younger self, I'd say, uh, don't say a word about parenting until, until your first child yeah. turns 21. <laughs> <laughs> so true. <laughs> you know? And um, But that's what we did a lot of. And so, I don't know, we've been thinking about it a lot. But I do think that once our kids started getting married, and then I think we felt not like our parenting's done by any means. We still have a fifth grader. We have four mm-hmm. children still in the home, four out. And anything can happen with any of the kids. This yeah. this is a lifelong thing that we're engaged in. And, you know, you're never home free until you're in heaven. Mm-hmm. And so I don't think we feel necessarily 
qualify, but I do think that we have learned and thought a lot about it. We just want to share some of what we've learned. Well, and I think that's part of what, what you just said, like we don't necessarily feel qualified or that, okay, we've gotten to a place in our parenting where we can say, look at us now, raise your family like the Scroggins, because there's a lot of people out there listening. I would say that, don't do that. that. There's a lot of people out there listening that would be like, oh, I know your kid. I had him in Sunday school. I'm, I ain't trying to go that route. Right. But um, that's the point of the book is mm-hmm. that this book does not teach anyone how to raise perfect children because there there is no such thing and I know yeah. that because there's no perfect parents right. yeah. but that we we are we are encouraging parents through this book to no matter what we, we say that God stays in the game with his people. Well, that's our job as parents, too. No matter what sin, temptation, struggle, limitation that our kids have, we got to stay in the game with our kids. And the way that we do that is through having these gospel-filled conversations on a daily basis. And I think, too, the, the whole point of this, like you said, Kristen, it's not a how-to or a formula. This no. is how you parent. It's more a theology of sin and redemption mm-hmm. applied to parenting. So like we know that we are sinners as parents. We know that, you know, we like to say, Christian, when we got married, a man center, married a woman center, and then we had a bunch of little sinners. sinners yeah. <laughs> and then we just spend time sinning all over each other yeah. in our home. And so that's every family. And when you understand that that is truly what is happening theologically, it really does give you a better strategy because you know you're not just, you know, when your kids don't show up perfect and then you messed them up. All right. Your kids show up as sinners and then you're trying to apply the gospel because only the Lord can fix them up. And so that's really what full circle parenting is about. Mm -hmm. So can I ask, what was your kids response when you told them that you were going to write a parenting book? Can I say this one, Joy? So um, we our first. You can say whatever you want. This is the bomb village. What am I? Our firstborn son, uh, James, is a lieutenant in the army, and he has his first child now. And so, while his wife was pregnant, is when we, you know, started writing this book. And he was like, "Whoa, you're writing a book on parenting." what are you going to do if one of the siblings really messes up and now you've written this book? Cause he, he, we know, we, we know the backstory to a lot of people. And so he's like, I feel like people that blog do all this stuff. Like you find out all these awful things about their family. <laughs> well, I don't want that to be us. But once we explained, Hey, this isn't do this and turn out like this, but it's this redemptive uh process. He was excited because we, he actually was our guinea pig and he gave us a lot of opportunities to practice what we're preaching in this book. And I think he was encouraged just with the fact of, you know, that we are encouraging people to stay in the game. Don't give up. Always point your kids back to God's design and through their brokenness, you're pushing them back towards gospel and redemption. And it's a beautiful thing. Our, Our kids are excited about it. We did not mention them by name. We prom- mm-hmm. That was kind of the deal. And we did, if there was anything sticky about them, we got their permission, even though it wouldn't be their name. People in our church are going to probably know just by process of elimination <laughs> who it is. So we, we tried to be very... Um, like if we say our oldest daughter... <laughs> and we have two. I mean, yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, so we did. We got permission, but that was like one of my questions. I was thinking, was there any one particular child that you use illustrations more of than the other? We we, we could have, Kira. We could have, <laughs> but we tried so hard to give everybody even space. Even, yeah. Um, and yeah, so no, we we didn't do that. I do think it was a family effort. You know, S- Stephen, who's our eighteen year old, had to hold down the fort for a few times so we could go away and and finish the project, and he was such a champ about it. And so, yeah, that, you know, whatever the Scroggins do, we do together. So I think they really do feel a sense of accomplishment, like our our family wrote this parenting book. And so that's been fun. What a gift. I mean, I'm thinking, you know, now that you all are grandparents, I mean, look what you will have to pass on to not only the world, but to, you know, more specifically your children and your grandchildren. That's awesome. Well, Jimmy's dad says that your parenting is on display most with your grandchildren because he says you're not a successful parent if you can raise great kids. You're a successful parent if your kid can teach the things about Jesus to their children. And so we're waiting. Are we good parents or not? We don't know. We don't know. (laughs) That is so wise. That's so wise. Well, I think, too, uh, part of the motivation of writing the book to me is, you know, now that our children are raising children, writing the book I would like for them to read. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, we it's don't kind know if they'll like, do it. I was going to say, are your kids, kids going to read it? Uh, I don't know, yeah. but we're going to try to get them to because there's certain things that I would like them to hear and like them to say. So you want to write these things down so that you can have a record. of You know, I actually think the book of Proverbs was Solomon as an older mm-hmm. man writing wisdom to his sons so that they will do a better job raising he their did. kids yeah. than he did. Yeah. And uh, I'm not saying this is the book of Proverbs because it's not scripture. <laughs> But the same idea kind of kind of animates and in our church, you know, Kara, as you know, you and Eric and Chris and I, we spend a lot of time mentoring young pastors mm-hmm. that are 10 or 15 or 20 years younger than us. They're in their 20s or in their 30s. And when we speak into their lives, you know, so some of this is a, this book is written for the younger yeah. parents that we all mentor together. And I think that um, just trying to put some things in writing so that people can have them. And that's that was kind of our thought. Wow, so tell us a little bit about your process in writing a book. How long did it take you guys to just kind of come together with your ideas and your thoughts? And were there any special quirks or anything that you were that you you found that you had when you were trying to kind of put this all together? I know, Pastor Jamie, you've authored some books prior to this, but, you know, how was the process for you guys? And, you know, how did it affect your marriage? Like, how did you work together? Because this is a really big project. So it was a learning curve for sure. And, you know, Jimmy and I have have spent our entire married life and ministry, although very much together, like Jimmy and Kristen, but a lot of separate too, because, Mm -hmm. you know, we've got eight children. And so I'm not a pastor's wife who is on the scene at church on a daily basis. I mean, I'm a faithful member. Mm -hmm. I serve, I take care of our pastor's wives, but I'm not in the business meetings. I'm not running the women's ministry. That's just not how we've set up our marriage. And we feel like it was a good plan for the Scroggins. But now that the kids are, you know, starting to launch and I have a little more space, you know, we're doing this podcast that has been fun. And then we decided to do this project together. But we so it's the first time that we've really joined together on something to this magnitude, right, babe? And so we um, 
we had to figure out how we work best together. together. Mm -hmm. And so it took us a long time to write this book because it took us a long time to figure out how we work best together. So we're actually going to take a stab at another one for young families because we think we've learned how to work together. Mom and so, Village, you hear so, that. So we're going to do this again and see if we can do it faster. But, um, you know, we, we figured out if we can get away for, a, you know, on a weekend, we mm-hmm. can crank out a lot of material. We have a lot of things roaming around in our mind, but as moms know, we don't have time to process it. And then we figured out too, we work best if we're by ourselves and then we come together and review it instead of us sitting there, working together. together. Yeah. Uh, Cause we have different styles and you'll see in the book, like you can tell when Jimmy's talking and when I'm talking, we just have two different styles. And so I don't know, babe, I think it worked well. I mean, we still love each other. We still, <laughs> we still like to they're be here together, together. Um, and they're sitting close. And I think so. we figured out how to draw on each other's strengths and uh, cover up each other's weaknesses. Maybe. Jimmy doesn't have any weaknesses, by the way. In this area, it's me. He was he's he's pulling me along, but that's that's not true. But I I do think that um, I thought it was a lot of fun. There's a definite learning curve because I've never written like that. But um, you know, it's really not that. It's not rocket surgery. I mean, we kind of outlined the the book with the chapters, and then we kind of sat down and outlined each chapter what what we wanted the flow of the chapter to be. And then we divided and conquered. You take this part, I'll take this part. And then, of course, we edit each other's parts. Okay. So she would read mine and say, hey, why did you say this? Or why don't we say that? Or, man, that's kind of harsh. You know, why don't you soften that a little bit? And I could do the same with her, read her part and say, Kristen, why don't you let me edit this up a little bit? And so that by the time we got done with each chapter, both of us were happy with what we had. And then we had some other people that helped us edit as well okay. um, with our publishers at B&H. And even in our own church, we have some other people that helped us. Wow. Okay. I don't know if we even, you even shared the title of the book. I think we did at the beginning, but it's called Full Circle Parenting. Um, And then there's a little subtitle that says a guide to crucial conversations. But when, can I just yes, say, please tell say us one thing? So one of the one of my favorite parts of the book, I mean, we've talked about the subjects that we like the most, but Kara, one of my favorite parts that I think is the most freeing to parents is an idea that we talk about called complexity of our mm. kids. And so, Jimmy, let's talk about that just for a minute, because I think it's encouraging no matter what stage you're in as parents, whether you have a babies or, you know, grown children. Can I just maybe share a story? Absolutely. Uh, so we have one of our children um, who is so sweet and has, the, well, I mean, they're all sweet, but <laughs> some of them sweeter no, than others, <laughs> but um, has a, such a missionary heart and mm-hmm. loves to pray for people. And from a young age, you know how you have some kids that are just more in tune spiritually yeah. than others that you don't have to just pry it out of them. This child was that way. And so we... We were so grateful and we were praying with this child and excited to see this missionary heart that we weren't even cultivating. Mm -hmm. And then we figured out that this same child was a total liar, like lied about everything, like stuff that didn't matter, Kira. It's Mm -hmm. like, why would you even say that? Like, who cares? Like that you weren't going to get in trouble over it to the point that we had to take this child and apologize to people because they had lied about stuff that 
was embarrassing to them. And uh, we have permission to share this story because God really has done a work in this child's life. But that was a besetting sin at that time. So I, I get home from this apology session, which you want to talk about not feeling like parent of the year <laughs> when you have to do that. And I, I was like, Jimmy, is this kid just a total fake? You know, like we we think that they have this heart for Jesus and this missionary heart and they're praying all the time, but they're, they're this chronic liar. Like, who is this person? Maybe they don't really even, maybe they're not saved. Mm -hmm. And I was so convicted, Kira, in that moment because I realized like, who do you think you are, mom? Like you, you, you don't struggle. You don't sin. You don't have besetting things in your life that you're constantly on your knees about. I mean, we even know in scripture, the apostle Paul says, what a wretched sinner I am. The things I don't, I know I shouldn't do, Do, I I do do. them. The things that I know I need to do, I don't do those. And so why do I think that my child is going to be more perfection than me? Mm. Um, And so what we realized was, no, this child's not fake. They're not the the things that they do that are sinful, this lying that they've struggled with doesn't negate all of the goodness of God in their lives. They're complex. And so they're both, they're, they're both made in the image of God, called to walk in his purposes, uniquely gifted to do things and yet sinners. And so that's such the light bulb goes off and you realize, wow. So even in the midst of my child's sin, I can still point them to God's goodness in their life and not allow that sin to define them. And we said, hey, this lying, this is not who you are. You are made in the image of God. You are one of his children. You have great things to do. This is a sin. This is an area of brokenness and we need to, you know, repent. But you can keep moving forward and God does not cancel you because you have this area in your life. And so this idea of complexity has been so freeing. That is liberating. (laughs) And it helps me not feel like an amazing mom if my kids are doing well or a a wretched mom if they're Mm -hmm. struggling. But Jimmy, it's not just about the personal feelings that I have about toward our own children. It really affects the way they see the world, doesn't it? It does. And I think this concept of complexity is so vital. I I remember, um, you know, Christian, you and I did youth ministry for so many years Mm -hmm. and just talking to parents who they would they would uh, see their kids trying to do some good things. They'd volunteer at the homeless shelter. They'd volunteer here and there and do these wonderful, good things they were proud of. And then they'd catch their kids smoking pot or find Mm. out they've been having sex or find out they've been looking at pornography. And they would come and sit in my office and the parents would be like, you know, I'm raising a total hypocrite. And I just remember I learned that as a youth pastor. That's not true because I've seen these kids on mission trips just giving their all for the Lord from the heart. And that the same kid is struggling with sin in another area. And this idea of complexity gives me permission to truly be grateful to God and to encourage the good things that I see in them while also taking very seriously and holding them accountable for the issues that they're dealing with that are sinful. And one doesn't knock out the other. Mm -mm. It's not either this or that. They are complex, just like we are. And boy, if parents could get a hold of that, they would have permission not to feel bad about their kids when their kids are doing something good. You know, when your kid makes an A on his test, I don't know what else he's been doing all day, but, but hey, let's, yeah, let's, let's that. celebrate you know, that. Yeah, absolutely. When, when, when your daughter comes to church and sings the songs and gets her Bible out and tries to listen to the sermon, let's be glad that she's there wanting to do that. And I know she's not. Per- and so just us being able to embrace the totality because 
That's what the gospel really yeah. does. That's why a good theology of sin is important because you recognize sin for what it is and how serious it is. We don't we don't gloss over it. Mm -hmm. We don't work mm -hmm. around it. But we also take redemption seriously, that we can be redeemed. We can be turned around. These things can change, and God does that. And it takes time. Parenting is a process. It, guys, if you, get, if you get down in the dirt over your third grader or your first <laughs> grader or your 10th grader or your college <laughs> freshman, man, you got to get up because— yeah. This is a lifetime pursuit. The, the 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 dad in the prodigal son story had his heart broken until the kid was a young adult. Yeah. And then the young adult comes home and wow, what a celebration. That's the parents we have to be. Yeah. Sometimes. And it's okay. Yeah, that dad stayed in the game with yeah. his kid. He didn't give yeah. up. Wow. Like I am knocked off my feet. I can't wait to read that. Like I, I needed to hear that this morning, you know, about the complexity and um, that this parenting journey really is um, it really is a marathon. I think we've said that before here on the podcast. Yeah, Jimmy and Kristen, we cannot thank you enough for just taking the time out to give us this awesome preview of your book, which is coming out next month, April 22nd, I believe. I, I think it's April, April 20th. Well, you know, available what? for pre-order. It now. doesn't matter. Pre-order it right now. Pre like, go to Amazon go right to Amazon now. Yeah. Hit the button. And It'll I, be fine. And I, I think uh, there's a website, babe. There is a website, fullcircleparentingbook.com. If you want to learn more about it, you can definitely check us out on that. Well, thank you so much for sharing your resource, sharing your heart, sharing your journey with us and really with the world. And I am I'm just excited. So Mom Village, you all go out there and order that book today. So for now, we're wrapping up. And unfortunately, we're missing one of one of our Mom Village, Miss Jisma. But we're going to try to sign off anyway. Kristen and I, can we do it? We can do it. All right. On the count of three. One, two, three. Bye. Bye.